The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports. The where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson. Welcome. It is Thursday, so that means it is time for a secondary perspective. And if you're wondering why I'm decked out in my grays, my lovelies here, Valentine's Day is around the corner. It is Saturday, Friday the 13th, tomorrow, Valentine's Day on Saturday. I know when we look at the world of sports and life, we tend to look at everything as black and white. But maybe there's a couple of shades of gray, and I'm not talking... 50 Shades of Grey either. A lot of topics to get to. NBA All-Star Weekend is here. Yes, it is here. Three-point contest, skills challenge, and more importantly, the slam dunk contest. Join the program later. We'll talk to NBA TV host Bo Estes about the NBA All-Star. Is it losing its flair? What does Adam Silver need to do to kind of bring this thing up to speed and up to snuff? But as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mario Vitanzi. Mario, Valentine's Day. I don't know what you're planning on doing, but we'll talk about it a little more in the third segment. I am not a fan of Valentine's Day at all. Bah humbug. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm with you there, Nick. And here's the reason I don't like Valentine's Day, because if you're not in a relationship, it makes you feel bad. If you are in a relationship, then it makes you feel obligated. You know, there are couples out there who are like, you know what? February 14th, it was created by Hallmark as a way to sell cards and, you know, the fabrication of, you know, what we perceive to be love. And, you know, so, so understanding couples are like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll go to dinner, you know, we'll, we'll rent a movie, you know, do something special. But the people that take Valentine's Day way too seriously, they put too much pressure on it. You know, guys already have to buy presents for, for birthdays and for Christmas and for anniversaries. And you're throwing in another holiday where all the pressure is on the man. You know, if, if the girl doesn't get the guy anything, it's no big deal. But then if the guy doesn't get the girl flowers or chocolates or candies or whatever, then he's all of a sudden in hot water. So... I mean, I just don't see the positive of this holiday, but it's never going away, Nick. So we might as well steer into the skid and, you know, just treat our women special. But, I mean, I do that the other 364 days of the year, too. Well, someone who knows about hot water or who knows about a team that's gotten themselves 
out of hot water. We're joined by NBA TV host Bo Estes to talk about NBA All-Star Game, but more importantly, that team that's flying high in Atlanta, and that is the Atlanta Hawks. Bo, thank you for joining the program. How you doing, guys? Good to be with you. What's up, hey, Bo? Hey, it, it is great. I mean, the month of February is a great month. Super Bowl, All-Star, Oscars, Emmys, you name it. But I think the, the one thing that people are talking about the most, and that's in the South, especially in Atlanta, knowing as though the Atlanta Braves haven't been the same since 1995, and the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, these birds were dirty, but someone must have cleaned them up or trying to clean them up. But the Atlanta Hawks, 43-11. and 11. Four guys on the all-star roster. Bo, how far can this team really go in 2015? I think they can, well, you know, you want to say that they can go all the way. I think that may be ambitious, but I think they can get out of the Eastern Conference. Maybe that's their peak. There's some teams out West that would be very difficult for them. Uh, but, you know, give them an injury or two, give them a lucky break or two, and you may get out and win an NBA championship. That's how good they are. You mentioned they have four all-stars. Uh, they get great shots every time down the court because all of these players buy into this system that Mike Budenholzer put in place. So if you haven't seen the Atlanta Hawks, you need to check them out. They're very, very for real. And the city, like you mentioned, is desperate for a winner. They've had the Braves, who, you know, 10, 15 years ago were a very solid team. The Atlanta Falcons are disappointing everybody all the time now. And this team comes along and is just crushing it. So the city's in love with them. See, Bo, the thing that I love most about this team is they don't really have that one superstar. So for all these other teams in the small markets, I mean, like I'm from Denver, Colorado, and we all know what's happening with the Nuggets right now, so we won't get into that. But it gives these teams hope that they can still succeed without a star player. And I mean, you look at the Spurs and, you know, you can kind of make an argument that they had some star players last year. But you look at this Atlanta Hawks team. I mean, they don't have like the one guy that will take over the team. I mean, Paul Millicep has been fantastic. Jeff Teague has really stepped up. Al Horford, of course, is a, a top three center. But you look at their statistics, they're a very poor rebounding team, 27th in the league. But they're second in assists per game, fourth in points. Uh, points allowed, six in points per. So, I mean, is this the kind of recipe that maybe we're going to start seeing as, you know, these superstars are going to be limited to maybe three or four teams in the NBA because that list is so short? Is this going to be a new trend? Or, I mean, are the Atlanta Hawks just kind of an anomaly? No, I think it is the new trend. I think that's what you're dealing with. The Atlanta Hawks, uh, you know, people call them the Spurs East. Uh, the Spurs do have Tim Duncan. He's an all-timer. He's a Hall of Famer. Tony Parker is going to be on the cusp of that sort of consideration. I don't know that the Hawks have anything quite like that, but they run the system perfectly well, and they have very good players, if not great players. Uh, so I think people can put together a Hawks team. I really think they can put together something like that. I just think it takes time, and it takes buy-in from the players. You need a player with a, a certain willingness, a certain selflessness, to be able to go into a system like this and say, okay, I'm not going to get ISO plays for me. I'm not going to be able to showcase my skills all that much as an individual player, but I'm going to catch passes in situations where I can make shots and score, and I'm going to be associated with winning. And if you get enough players that buy into that, you're going to have a lot of teams spring it up like the Atlanta Hawks. If you just join us, we're talking to NBA 
TV, Bo Estes, uh, about uh, everything NBA. Bo, last night I watched the Heat and the Cavs game, and Timothy uh, Moskov, 20 points, 9, 11, uh, 9 of 11, and former nugget, uh, two Nick. block Let's shots. Throw that in there. And, and 20 <laughs> points. Yeah, well, well, he's a former nugget that was traded midseason to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we had you on the program before talking about this roster and can LeBron James get this team to a championship and, and actually win. When you look at the pieces that they've added to the team and, and Timothy Mozgov playing the way that he's playing, is there anyone in the West, and I know we're, I mean, the East, excuse me, we're talking about the Atlanta Hawks leading the division at 43-11. and 11. Can this Hawks team beat the Cleveland Cavaliers for a spot for the NBA championship? Uh, yeah, I think people can beat them. I think uh, Cleveland has a talent advantage over just about everybody. I mean, you could argue a healthy Chicago Bulls team can match up talent for talent with Cleveland. Uh, Timothy Mozgov, you know, prior to coming to Cleveland, was maybe most famous for getting dunked on by Blake Griffin. He's a better player than that. Uh, people just didn't know it. Uh, he's gigantic. If you've stood next to the guy, he's immense. He's not like Al Horford who's sort of 6'10 at center, undersized. This is a gigantic guy who has some athleticism. And I don't know that LeBron's played with a center quite like that before. Uh, Zajunas and Dalskis was maybe even bigger than Moskov, but he didn't have the athleticism that Moskov has. So it's a game-changer for Cleveland. It was a strong move. And remember, just a month ago, people were talking about David Blatt. Is he in trouble in Cleveland? We're not talking about that anymore, and that's the guy that Blatt wanted. Black brought him in. He coached him on the Russian national team before. So it was big for uh, Cleveland to get Timothy Moskov. Well, well, Bo, let's talk a little bit about the NBA All-Star Weekend and Slam Dunk Contest. I mean, this is one of those events that everyone normally tunes in to because great dunks. But at this particular point in 2015, is there a dunk that we haven't seen? And can the guys who are in this contest, can they give us a little flair and, and make me believe in a slam dunk contest again. It's very difficult. It's very, very difficult because you're, you're right. You're talking about the, the very limits of human athleticism. Um, Zach Levine's the guy that people are looking at and saying, this is a game changer. This is a guy that can really do some crazy stuff. He plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves, for people who don't know. Uh, Gorgie Zhang is a teammate of his. Uh, also, Andrew Wiggins, the number one pick in the draft. And what Gorgie Zhang said is Andrew Wiggins can jump higher than Levine. Levine can dunk better. But Levine is the guy I think people are pointing to and saying, maybe, maybe this guy can do something different. But, you know, like you said, what, what haven't we seen? I suppose the only thing we haven't seen is can somebody stand there and do a flip dunk? Can somebody actually flip over and dunk the basketball? When we get to that, that's a game changer, perhaps. Well, when also, when you look at the three-point contest, a, a great field of three-point shooters, who do you think is going to come home with the trophy in the three-point contest? Well, what's interesting about this is you've got two of the top ten percentage-wise shooters all time in this contest. Uh, Steph Curry and Kyle Corvey are, Kyle are separated by three ten-thousandths of a percentage point all time in NBA three-point percentage. Uh and I don't know that those are necessarily the only favorites. Uh, I think people look at Steph Curry as a favorite. I think the, you know, the odds are that Steph Curry is a favorite, but I would probably go Kyle Korver or Clay Thompson. I think those guys for this particular contest have a better shot. Uh, you know, those bigger guys that are more set shooters, uh, think in the, think Marco Bellinelli, 
He's a defending champ. He's in this thing. James Harden is in this thing. I don't know that he's a realistic shot, but a guy like, think of a guy like J.J. Redick, who's considered a great all-time three-point shooter. He's a jump shooter. He tends to lose his legs in a contest like this. Steph Curry's been in this thing three times before, and he hadn't won it yet, so it's going to be tough for him. Well, we're talking to Bo Estes from NBA TV. Uh, Bo, let's back up a little bit, talk about the NBA slam dunk contest. Uh, A lot of people have been talking about the fact that LeBron James and people like Kevin Durant or or Westbrook are not in the slam dunk contest. For you, a guy that's covering the game, that loves the game, would you like to see guys like this participate and elevate the level of competition in a slam dunk contest? Sure. I'd love it. I'd love to see LeBron, particularly, say, three, four, five years ago, when he was more uh, of a younger Springer athletic player, his game has changed a bit since then, not a ton, but a bit since then, and I still think he could do very well. But, uh, yeah, you'd love to see the stars participate. You'd love to see them go out there. I don't know that there's much for them to gain. You know, for LeBron, I don't know that he would have ever won a dunk contest. I don't know that he's that sort of a dunker. I think guys like Gerald Green are better dunkers than him. I think guys like... Paul George, just for dunk contests, are better dunkers than him. In-game dunker, LeBron James is great. So if LeBron competes in a dunk contest and loses, I don't think, I don't think that's great for him. I don't think the upside is worth uh, the potential risk on the downside for LeBron James. But as a fan of the game, I want to see the stars out there. I want to see the biggest man. I would love to see Russell Westbrook out there. I would love to see guys like that out there every time. But I don't know that they're the best dunkers in the game, honestly. Yeah, Bo, I mean, this is the age-old question. Every year it comes around, it's like, oh, the slam dunk contest, and, you know, there's there's always a lot of hype surrounding it, and then you watch it, and you're like, man, I just wasted, you know, two, three hours of my life because there are these guys out here that you've never even heard of participating in the dunk contest, and maybe LeBron knows that his ego can't handle it if he doesn't end up winning it. Like, yeah, if there was a contest for the most violent dunk, then LeBron would probably win it. So uh, my question is pertaining to the All-Star game, and I guess it's kind of a two-parter. It's A, is it ever going to not be a uh, a popularity contest? I mean, I still remember the, the, the best memory that I have of the NBA All-Star game is the year that Yao Ming ended up retiring. I think he only played like five or ten games that season. He was voted not only onto the All-Star team, but as a starter and the dude barely even played. So are they going to change the format to, you know, make it so the guys, like, actually deserve to be there? And can they fix the game, or is it just too far gone? I mean, and that's kind of how it is in all aspects. Like, every single sport, the All-Star game, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, it's just really not that fun to watch. I mean, is there any way to fix it? Well, I think that there has to be some buy-in from the fans. Uh, I think, you know, they give them the five starters. Excuse me. And so, so what I think is they want to continue that. But, you know, even consider last night, Dirk Nowitzki was named as a, as a replacement player for Anthony Davis. That was met with immediate criticism. DeAndre Jordan was the guy so many people thought should have gone. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was Dirk Nowitzki. So there's always going to be a popularity aspect to it. But I do think you get largely the players that deserve to be there. Think of a guy like Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver is not popular anywhere. Uh, but the commissioner recognized this is a guy that deserved to be there for his contributions in this specific season. And I think that's one thing that we can work on and improve is to isolate the particular year and not make this sort of career achievement awards. Uh, I think Damian Lillard is a guy that sort of got burned by that before he got in because of an injury this year. 
I think Damian Lillard may have a better individual year than some people that got in, but he's not quite the name yet of some of the bigger stars out west, and that that sort of burns him this year, at least at the at the beginning. Well, you were joined by Bo Estes of NBA TV. Bo, before we let you go, Valentine's Day is Saturday officially, even though amongst <laughs> this NBA All Star Weekend. Any plans for you, and do you buy into the whole Valentine's Day hype? Uh, well, you know, it's obviously marketing. I, 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 you know, I hope my wife's not listening right now, but uh, <laughs> it's obviously marketing. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, we'll probably go out early. Uh, I've got to get to work uh, to cover All-Star Saturday night, but we'll probably do something early. But it, it, it's a marketing thing, but it, at some point that marketing thing got to a point where it became ingrained in our culture and there's an expectation that you need to be involved. So uh, I don't think I'm going to change the culture by myself. So I better get involved, I suppose. Well, there it is, Bo. Thank you. And hopefully you have a wonderful Valentine's Day. As you cover All-Star Weekend this Saturday, you can follow Bo at NBA Bo. I encourage you to follow him. He knows everything about the NBA inside and out. Bo, thank you for joining us. Take care, fellas. Thanks so much. Uh, Thanks, Bo. Appreciate it. Mario, coming up after the break, we'll talk about the greatest of all time and Stick'em. Who would have ever thought? Stick'em and the greatest of all time. And if you don't know, that's Jerry Rice. That and more coming up after the break here on Secondary Perspective on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to secondary perspective with nick ferguson to get in the lineup for today's show please call 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to nickfergshow at gmail.com now, back to the show. Mario, I, I want to get to something before we get to our next guest, Stephen uh, White, played in, in the NFL with the New York Jets and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we lost some, some great sports icons uh, this past week, and it's funny how things happen. There's a tendency to believe that things happen 
and threes, and just what happens, it, it did. We lost uh, Ed Sable at the age of 98. If you don't remember Ed Sable, he started NFL films and elected into the Pro Bowl Football Hall of Fame, 91 Emmys. And for me, I don't know about you, Mario, it, it changed the way that I, I saw the game of football, especially, I, I mean, hey, listen, I grew up in Miami, loved the Miami Dolphins. My first team was the Pittsburgh Steelers. But even though at that time I didn't like the Raiders, you had to love that introduction. The cold winds of the tundra comes in. Something about that that kind of gives you goosebumps and gets you ready for a football game. So we lost Ed Sable, Jerry Tarkinian, the shark. We lost him as well this week. Coaching record of 706 wins and 201 losses. Division I men's basketball championship. Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 2013. But you remember this. I mean, the running Rebels. I mean, exceptional team. 37 wins in 1987. And back that up, 1991, 34 wins. That's the NCAA record. And the, the man himself, Dean Smith, at the age of 83, one gold medal and a 1976 Olympics. I mean, he was the staple of North Carolina basketball. When you talk about Tobacco Road and the Tar Heels and the Dukes and Coach K, I mean, Dean Smith was the pinnacle for me of what basketball stood for. Clean program, put his players in the NBA, graduated his players. Uh, these three guys would be sorely uh, Miss Mario, really quickly before we get our guests in, I mean, your comments on the loss of these three guys. I mean, what's to be said that hasn't been said, man. They are iconic guys. They will be sorely missed. And, I mean, they truly changed the landscape of sports in general uh, in their own unique ways. I mean, it's, it's sad to see them go. Yeah, it's sad to see, see them go. Uh, we'll be joined by Stephen White. Former New York Jets and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Stephen, thank you for joining us. Now, Stephen, uh, earlier this week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers released Jocks McCown. What does this mean for Lovey Smith and the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers? They have so much money tied up in the defensive line. Uh, when you talk about free agency, there's only so many quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks that are out there. What do you think they're going to do in free agency and, more importantly, in the draft with their, that first pick? Well, I'm not sure if it. I'm not sure if it tells you much at all. To be honest with you, uh, we knew that Josh McCown was not going to be the starting quarterback next year. I think maybe they were just kind of doing him a favor, letting him go now to see if there were better opportunities out there for him. Um, but at the same time, a lot can happen between now and the draft. You know, you got free free agency. I'm sure that even if we draft a, a quarterback number one overall. They might want to upgrade uh, the backup position. So we might pick up a backup quarterback during free agency, or we might pick up a guy who can kind of uh, be a bridge. Um, but you just never know. All right, everybody's so uh, focused on uh, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. I'm not sure that Leonard Williams isn't the best player in this draft. Okay. Well, explain, what, explain why you, you think that because, you know, you, you have two guys who are Heisman Trophy uh, winners. I mean, there's some 
parodies in their game, some disparities. I like Mariota's game a little more than I like James Winston. And then you talk about his off-the-field off the problems. But uh, break down that for me why you feel as though this quarterback is better than the two we just talked about. Well, um, when I look at these quarterbacks, I kind of judge them against the quarterbacks I've seen come out lately. Last year, I was very high on Teddy Bridgewater. Turns out he's a pretty good quarterback. Played very well for the Vikings this year. Uh, everybody knows that Andrew Luck looked the part when he was at Stanford. And so you measure these two guys kind of against those kind of guys. And I just don't see Jameis nor Marcus Mariota kind of measuring up to a Teddy Bridgewater or an Andrew Luck-type quarterback right now. They might, they might get to that point later on, but, but I just don't see top-notch elite quarterback written over either one of these guys, so I'm just not sure. Well, if you just joining us, we're talking white. NFL veteran with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Jets. You can follow him on Twitter at SGW94, talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what's the optimism for this team in 2015. Now, when you look at that division as a whole, NFC South, I mean, it was dismal. I mean, Tampa Bay 2-14. I mean, they brought Lovey back, hoping that he can kind of duplicate what he was able to do with the Chicago Bears. I mean, they have a couple of free agents here on their team. But like I said earlier, a lot of a substantial amount of that money is tied up in the defensive line. And I know you and being the guy that played the defensive end yourself. Talk about how or what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can do with their personnel to make them more competitive on the defensive side of the ball. Well, you know, they went and, and, and went shopping in free agency last year, and they paid a lot of money out uh, for Michael Johnson at defensive end. He only ended up getting four sacks, and I think two of those were in one game. Had a very bad season. But he's going to have to come back and justify the kind of money that they're paying him this year uh, because I think there's a chance he might not even make it back this year. It's just he was that bad last year, and we can't afford to have you know a big-money defensive end who can't get to the quarterback because that's what Lovey Smith's defense is all about getting pressure on the quarterback, getting turnovers on, on uh, defense, and scoring. <clears throat> and, uh, but what I will say is uh, a reason for optimism is it seems that this defensive system, whether you want to call it the Tampa 2 or whatever you want to call it, seems to, to, seems, seems to take a big jump in this defense in the second year. You look at Coach Dungey's second year, you go from 6-10 to 10-6. I think the defense went from you know, bottom third of the league to top 10. You look at Lovey's first two years in Chicago. You know, he, he, I think, I'm not sure he won four or five games his first year in Chicago, but that second year, that defense was up in the top 10, and I think they won 11 games. So, historically, this defense, once players get it down, they can do great things in it. And I think I'll see the same thing this year out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So do you, do you think in your heart of hearts that this team is, uh, will win, be an 8-8 eight and eight team, or will have an opportunity to push and challenge for maybe an NFC South title? Well, you know, it's, it's a long way from now to then. A lot of things have to happen. But 
I have the type of confidence in, in, in Coach Smith that I do believe they'll push for a, a, a playoff berth this year. Not sure they'll make it, but you know this is a, a division that's a little bit in flux. Got a, a new head coach in Atlanta. I love it. This will be his second year. We know uh, the Saints had a very disappointing season last year, and we know what you have with Cam Newton and the, and the, and the Panthers. So to me, this is a division that's right to be plucked. It just takes somebody to go out there and, and come out strong right off the bat. And why not? Why could it be the Bucks? Right. Well, we're talking to Stephen White, longtime NFL player with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Jets. Uh, Steve, I mean, you played the game and you played the game the right way. Recently, uh, Jerry Rice, the greatest of all time, well, we, we called him the greatest of all time at the wide receiver position, came out and said that he used Stick'em back in the day and he was doing it because everyone else was doing it. Does it change your perception of Jerry Rice as the greatest of all time? Uh, absolutely not. I mean... I don't know. I, I pretty much assumed that every receiver did use stick'em back in the day because it, it took a while for them to even ban it. And even when they banned it, it's not like they were going to check in people's gloves every other play. Um, I, I, look, I, you can say what you want to about me, but I'm like this. I think you do get as close to the edge of the rules as you can to try to win a football game because they're that important. And, you know, I, I've seen you, Nick, you know, ready to run through a wall to try to win a game. And so, to me, I kind of look at Stickham kind of like that. Like, this is just a guy willing to do whatever he can do to help the team win a game. So, it, it doesn't change my view on him at all. But, but, it, but isn't that, I mean, it was, it was outlawed, I believe, in 1981. But I think Jerry was still using it after the fact. But isn't that cheating? I, I, I know there's a thin line that you straddle. You, you bend but don't break the rules. But clearly, it seems as though that's cheating, is it not? I mean, it's, it's cheating if you want to. See, here's the thing why I feel like he messed up. I feel like he came out too hard against the Patriots. And, you know, we're so old, they cheating, they this and they that. If you're going to be able, if you're going to cheat at all, then you can't point your finger at somebody else that's cheating. I think that's why he messed up. But, but for me, I mean, you're going to play the game, stick them. I mean, there's just kind of this kind of like getting your ankles taped to me. I just kind of felt like it was just part of the game, regardless. <laughs> come on, Steve. That that's not like getting your ankles taped. They sprayed a stuff. I mean, come on, Nick. Come on, Nick. I mean, you know, guys do you know extra little stuff to try to get it. Stick them to me is like one of the tamest things you can do. That's so so wait a minute. So last you know, week I talked to. See, back in the day, I was with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. They was putting silicone on our jerseys and got caught. So, look, I ain't, I can't, I ain't got any room to talk just like Jerry Rice. So, so wait a minute. So, so you're saying, because last week on the program, I said coming up there was this kind of phrase, unwritten rules, it's not cheating you, unless you're trying, you know? So you're saying the same yeah, thing. You're cheating, you're trying, right. Yeah, right. So, so everyone cheats. Are you saying everyone cheats in some fashion? I don't see it maybe in their own little way. Maybe in our own little way. Uh, then how would you say, say that Nick cheated when he was, when he was take, playing? Take that bigger brush. But at the same time, I mean, guys are always looking for an edge. Every guy that I know is so competitive, they were looking for the next big thing, whether it's some guys with, you know, the pharmaceuticals, legal or otherwise, 
or orange guys you use a stick them or silicone or whatever it is to try to get the little extra edge. You know, the offensive line used to try to wear the gloves. It's the same color as the jerseys of the opponent, so you couldn't see them holding. All kind of little different tricks of the trade just to try to get their edge. So I won't say everybody, but, yeah, don't the, the majority. Wow. Wow. I mean, hey, you heard it for someone who played the game. He played up front on the, in the trenches against some of the best offensive linemen in the country, and he said it himself. The offensive linemen will wear the same gloves as the opponent that they're playing so they can hold. So if there's any offensive linemen that, that are out there that makes the statement they never held a person, they're lying. Steven just said it. They're lying. Steven, man. Well, they, it, it, they, know it. They, they all know it. They all know it. <laughs> Them cheaters can't say nothing at all because they hold every play. That's cheating they, to me, too. They, they, they cheat in the league, man. <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, uh, Valentine's Day, Saturday. Big plans or yeah. no plans at all? No plans at all. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so there's I'm, no... I'm a, I'm a hermit. I, I, don't, I, I don't even know nothing about Valentine's Day. What's that? <laughs> you know what? You sound like me, you know? Uh, I, hey, Valentine's Day? What, what's that? I, I don't understand that language. Yeah, I can't comprehend it. It don't show up on my calendar. It don't show yeah. up on my calendar, so I don't know. All right, Steve. Uh, are you going to watch the All-Star uh, festivity this weekend? I'll probably take some of them out. You know, uh, they got the kid from Greece, I think, that's going to be in the dark country, so I'm kind of trying to see what he can pull off. But, you know, I'll probably take some of it out. You know, I can't help it. Football's gone. There's not much else to watch on the weekend. Well, I, I know Mario talked about the fact of watching the slam dunk contest and wish he had the, that hour and a half of his life back. Hopefully, we don't have, we're, not, we're not saying that same thing on Monday. Thank you for joining the program, Steve. If you want to, you can follow Steve at SGW94. Once again, that's SGW94 on Twitter. Long time, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, New York Jets. Thank you, Steve, for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Nick. All right. So, Mario, I, I guess it is to cheat or not to cheat. That is the question. So, does, I mean, if you heard what Stephen had to say. I mean, greatest of all time, I, I, I played with him in, in Denver. Let's just say he was a cup of coffee. He was there for a training camp. Saw some great things from Jerry Rice. I mean, consummate professional. Ran his routes the same route. Every route. No matter whatever the route that was on the route tree, he ran it off the same stem. Great hard worker. But the fact of the stick him for you, does it tarnish your image of the greatest of all time? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's hard not to, Nick. You know, we were talking last night, and I told you I was the biggest Jerry Rice fan, man. I had two Jerry Rice jerseys growing up. I mean, I was a Broncos fan. But I also appreciated great players growing up. You know, I loved Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders, uh, Jerry Rice. And what I don't get about all of this is why is this kind of being swept under the rug? I mean, what standard are we holding him to? I mean, let me throw out a hypothetical for you, Nick. Let's say that it came out that Terrell Owens or Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, or whatever his last name is now. Let's say that it came out that one of those two 
was using Stickum and not Jerry Rice, I guarantee you this would be a bigger story. So, I mean, is the media just trying to protect his image? I mean, that's really what it seems like. I understand if you're not cheating, you're not trying. It's not cheating if you don't get caught and, you know, all these other things that you can say about it. But it it, it ruins my image of him just a little bit. Like I'm, I'm still a big Jerry Rice fan. I love what he's doing as a person, you know. Uh, and, and I understand being in the NFL and being, maybe being held in such high regard, man, he had to live up to those expectations. But I, I will never see Jerry Rice the same again. Uh, but it also makes me think if he was doing it, then there had to be a countless amount of other people who were doing it because Jerry Rice is the GOAT. And if the GOAT's doing it, then there are plenty of other people doing it too because they feel like they got to catch up, you know, or they got to keep up. So. I mean, I'm I'm very surprised by it, but I guess in the culture that is sports, uh, I get it, you know, and no one is exempt. Well, well, Mario, for me is my question is, after all these years, what made him decide to come out and say that he used Stick'em? And for me, in saying the idea that everyone else did it, so you decided to do it as a justifier, I don't get that either. I mean, I've seen, I can see people jump off a bridge, but just because they're doing it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to do it too. Come on, we're grown men. We know yeah, the but jumping too. off a bridge isn't going to help you win a Super Bowl title. Yeah, but still, guys that's, like... That's the big difference. Yeah, but guys like Chris Carter, I mean, who was sensational catching the ball, one-hand grabs, I mean, he said he didn't use it. So, so to, Maybe he didn't I mean, need it. Yeah, Maybe he was hey, able to go out there and he did what he did without having to... You stick him. I mean, I, I I can't speak for these guys, Nick. I wish I could, you know, ask him like Jerry, why, and just try and get inside his head. But I don't think we're ever going to know. You know, everybody's different. Everybody has different ideals, and you know, it, maybe despite being one of the greatest of all time or the greatest of all time, he still felt like he needed some sort of competitive edge. So again, it's a real shame that we're seeing. Uh, someone who was held in such high regard as Jerry Rice to come out and find find this out about him. Uh, but it seems like it's being swept under the rug, and I think it needs to be made a bigger deal. And the reason is to send a message, you know, to, to, to kind of squash all of this stuff. So, I mean, say what you want about the Patriots. Say what you want about, you know, other people that are taking – PEDs, you know, there was that whole deal with the Seattle Seahawks secondary where they were, you know, it was a little shady what they were taking. We saw Brandon Browner who was suspended uh, two Super Bowls ago. And it's never going to stop, Nick, but you got to make examples out of the people who come out and readily admit it. I mean, I don't know what you can do to this point to Jerry Rice that could ever really defame him. I mean, he has every single receiving record, you know, and they likely won't be broken, at least for, you know, probably not in our lifetime. You know, they're not going to take his Super Bowls away. They're not going to take his Hall of Fame away. Uh, But just have him send a message, man. You know, have him talk to these guys and say, you know what, don't, you know, do as I say and not as I do. Well, Mario, people don't want that taint over them. Well, I tell you, we'll pick up that and more after the break. You're listening to Nick Ferguson. Secondary Perspective with Mario Batanzi on VoiceAmericaSports.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. 
Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. That's right. Valentine's Day is around the corner, so if you haven't bought into the commercial hype and run out and grab a dozen of roses and cards and candy, hey, you still have some time to do so. Me, this guy over here, Nick Ferguson, I don't do those things. And here's why. I truly believe that Valentine's Day should not be designated to one calendar day. It is something that should happen 365 days a year, maybe 366 on a leap year. But me, I don't do that. If you're with someone, you treat them well all the time. You show that you love them all the time. Hey, I get it. We're macho guys. We beat on our chest. Macho vibrato. But you can be soft and sensitive. You know, cut those nails and go to bed with some moisturizer, don't have that dry skin. <laughs> your girl doesn't want dry skin. You, you're losing me, Nick. Well, you know, those eagle talons, you know, your girl doesn't want you to come to bed with those eager talons and, and hooking the sheets and cutting holes in the sheets. No, don't do that. Valentine's... How sharp are your nails when you're, you're huh? cutting the sheets? How sharp yeah. are your nails when you're cutting the sheets, Nick? Hey, listen, some, some guys, because once again, the macho bravado, oh, that's metrosexual. I don't do that. Guys should have dirt underneath their nails. You know, you know guys like that. You know some guys like that. And some guys do come to bed with those eagle talent for claws and just clawing their girl up. Cut those nails. That's, that's, <laughs> that's Valentine's Day. When, you, when, when your girl comes in and says, hey, what about a Valentine's Day treat? Hey, the lights are on in the house. There's gas in the car. There's food on the table. Happy Valentine's. All day long, 365 days a year. So it shouldn't be designated to one day. Nick, let me okay. ask you this. Speaking, yes. speaking of beating on your chest and acting real manly, when you made a big hit or you had an interception or you, you, know, you had a big play when right. you were playing, would you, were you the beat on your chest guy? Were you the you know, go high-five your teammates guy? How did you, you know, get fired up after making a big play? Well, after a big play, I was always told by my uh, coach, uh, Coach George O'Leary, uh, UFC Knights, uh, Scarlet Knights doing a great job down there, coach, for them. Good job, Coach O'Leary. 
But Coach O'Leary would always tell us, act as though you've been there before. You know, make a good play, get up, slap high fives with your teammate. I mean, don't beat on your chest. What, 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 I didn't play a prima donna position. Where, hey, look at me. Look at the name See, on the back you never, of my you never pounded on your chest or celebrated after making a big play? You just kind of, you did the Barry Sanders and flipped the ball to the official? Well, no, I mean, I celebrated with my teammates, high five, and I would tell them, we're going to get him again. We're going to get him again. And I, I, you know, maybe point my finger in the direction of the end zone or the side stands to get the crowd fired up. But, I mean, that, that was about it. I mean, I didn't need all of that stuff, Mario. Just playing the game itself, being out there and have that, camaraderie with my teammates and that have that chemistry on the field and being able to play a game against an opponent that you might not like and being able to thrust my body up against him and hey I'll be here the next time you come out here buddy you better <laughs> tell the coach you better run the other way that was me Mario that was me okay okay so you were more getting in their heads with your words yeah you know what not even words that much I'm gonna get in in your head with my helmet and my shoulder pads Enough said. That's it. No right. ride right over here. <laughs> so, so that, but you know what? What I want to get into really quickly, uh, I, I know you love this. Ray Allen has decided to make his decision to return to the NBA after the All-Star break. You like it or you don't? What do you have to say, Mario? What can he bring to a team who is a competitor that they don't already have, Nick. I mean, the only reason, I, mean, I, I, I guess I could say there's a slim chance that Ray Allen comes back because he just misses playing the game and he doesn't know what to do with himself. But I think he just wants another ring, man. I mean, I, I, I can't rationalize it. I don't understand what reason he has for coming back. But if you look at the top teams in the NBA and, you know, the ones that are succeeding, doing well, like Atlanta, who we talked about, Toronto, Chicago, you know, Cleveland further down, you know, they're going to get their act together. And then in the Western Conference, Golden State, Memphis, Portland, Houston, you know, the Clippers a little bit further down, even Oklahoma City now, who is going to get back into the playoff uh, playoff discussion. Those teams aren't needing a Ray Allen, you know, and they're not going to go out and say, oh, you know, what can really bring our team together? You know, let's go out and get Jesus Shuttlesworth. Nah, man, I, I'm not buying <laughs> into it. And I mean, as a Nuggets fan, my, the Nuggets have been terrible this year, Nick. I mean, Shaw has been absolutely toxic. Uh, and that's another discussion for another day. This team is sitting at 20 and 33, and it's the worst that they've looked since the pre-Carmelo Anthony era. And I still wouldn't want Ray Allen on my team. Wow. Harsh words. Jesus, show the word. From downtown, from the corner, since the Miami Heat, deep into the playoffs. We have a ring. We now have the ring. The precious. The precious. Give us our precious. But, Mario, I said before, I love the month of February because so many big things happen in the month of February. All-Star Weekend, Super Bowl, Grammys, and speaking of Grammys, check out this audio from Kanye West. You know that the Grammys, if they want real artists to keep coming back, they need to stop playing with us. We ain't gonna play with them no more. Flawless, Beyonce video. And Beck needs to respect artistry, and he should have given his award to Beyonce. All right, uh, okay. I'm gonna let you go in on okay, Kanye really Kanye. quick. But, 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 but really quickly, Kanye West is a very talented artist, rapper, producer, whatever you want to call him. Very talented guy. 
One thing I don't get is you, you're on stage or you're at an event that's celebrating the talent and abilities of so many creative people in the room, but you always find a way to put the spotlight on you. Now, some are saying, well, hey, was it kind of a gimmick by Kanye West? It really doesn't make a difference because I go back to 2009. You know, Taylor Swift was receiving her award, and then Kanye West comes on the stage, and once again, he's defending Beyonce. Don't you think the person who should defend Beyonce is the guy sitting next to her in Jay-Z, not Kanye West? So Kanye, I love your music, but please, gimmick or not, please stay off the stage. Here's the thing, Nick. I was thinking about going in on Kanye and just roasting him and giving a little bit of a real talk segment, but I'm not going to do that because that is why he behaves this way. It's all for attention. And I would love to hear what Jay-Z has to say about it. I mean, some guy that you basically compete with because you're in the same market of music standing up for your woman. But what I don't understand, and I'm going to lay out some points for you, Nick. First off, Kanye West wants to talk about artistry all right let's let's decipher what he means by that word okay beyonce does not play any instruments in her album she had 16 songwriters producers and composers on her last album beck produced and arranged all the songs on his album by himself and on top of that plays 16 different instruments throughout his album so if we're comparing the two Just from an artistic standpoint, Nick, who's the more artistic person? So for him to come out like, you know what? He's so inept at what's going on around him. He probably didn't even know who Beck was before the Grammys. (laughs) Beck probably won and he's like, well, who's Beck? Well, I'm going to go in on him and I'm going to do this. And can I just say, stick to rapping, Kanye, okay? Get back to what made you great. Kanye hasn't really had a good album since his first album. So I don't know if it's the distractions. He wants to talk about being an artist. Stop using things to modify your voice. Stop using auto-tune. Stop using people to write lyrics for you and make music for you. Beck does it all by himself. Now, I'm not a Beck fan. You know, I don't really love his music, Nick, but I respect the hell out of him as an artist. And if you really want to talk being an artist, why is your wife famous, Kanye? Because of her artistic ability to (laughs) take it while being recorded? Yeah, real artistic. All right, let's keep it uh, PG. Back to the I'm just saying, hey, Nick, everybody knows why Kim Kardashian is famous. And that's all I got to say on that. Not very artistic. Well, we'll leave that for some other show. Let's get back to the boogie here. Tiger Woods announces that he plans on taking some time off from tournament play to get his game and his health back on track. Tiger, I applaud that. To finally look at yourself and say, I am not at peak performance right now, especially after the debacle that took place with your wife and these alleged 16, 15 women or how many, you know, still counting right about now, I guess. But Tiger, get healthy, get back on your game. Golf really needs you and it excels and viewership ratings are up when you're part of the game. So good luck. Get healthy. So I don't know uh, what you would like to say about that, Mario, about Mr. Tiger Woods himself getting himself. I'm just I'm just I'm sick of the Tiger Woods talk, Nick. I mean, he hasn't been good. You know, he hasn't been noteworthy for a very long time. So 
I understand that, you know, for years and years and years, he completely dominated the sport of golf. In fact, he was probably the only person in professional sports that could have branched off from the PGA, you know, the the professional league that they're all a part of. He could have started the Tiger Woods Golf Association and would have been able to do that. You look at all the other athletes in the history of sports, you know, even Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Derek Jeter for baseball, you know, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady for football. None of those guys would be able to start their own league. I mean, not even remotely close. But if Tiger Woods, I mean, who A, had the money to do so, went around to his golfer buddies and was like, yeah, you guys can keep playing in the PGA, but I'm going to start the Tiger Woods Golf Association and we're going to compete with the PGA. He would have been able to do that. But that was long ago, Nick. Tiger Woods is no longer the focus of golf's attention. And I think that ESPN, who continues to shove Tiger Woods down our throats because he is noteworthy and because, oh, that's the guy that they decided to be famous, so that's who they're going to capitalize on. He's done. Just let it go, man. Tiger, just step away, you know, with probably billion, almost in that billion range with a B, Nick. So just enjoy your money. Golf casually, man, you know, retire. You, you played a retirement sport for a career. So just go ahead and live your life. Step back. Let somebody else have the spotlight because you're done, son. You're done. Well, I got a text here from someone listening to the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, Dave Prater. Annie, we were talking about the Jerry Rice earlier. He said, remember that Jerry could not catch a brick his rookie year. So, hey, he said, it's just stupid. And you're all a cheater. So uh, I disagree with strong, that. Strong take. Strong take. If you, are, if you happen to be single and you are trying to decide what to do for Valentine's Day, let me give you some do's and some do nots. Okay, don't. Drunk dial your ex. Don't do that. It makes you seem desperate. You don't want to seem desperate on Valentine's Day. Do celebrate with your single friends. Get together, have a party. Watch R&B Divas. Do something, but don't sit at home. And don't be ashamed of being single. There are several single people out there. I mean, maybe go to eHarmony or something like that and find a date. But also, number one, importante, don't. Even think of going on a first or blind date on Valentine's Day. It could be a disaster. You know the level of expectations you raise by going out on your first date on Valentine's Day? No, wait till Sunday. You know, bring over to the house and watch the NBA All-Star uh, Weekend Slam Dunk Contest. Hopefully it's something memorable that we'll see in that game. But you never know. But it is Valentine's Day, and I don't know how many people are going to go out and see Fifty Shades of Grey, but I'm going to go hashtag Fifty Shades of Red in honor of Valentine's Day. Whatever you do, do it well, do it healthy, do it safe. I want to thank Stephen White for joining the program, Bo Estes, NBA TV. As always, my three amigos here in the pavilion in Los Angeles, California, Church of Scientology, for allowing me to film here. My Batman, Tuma Robin, Mario Batanzi, and my guys on the boards, keeping everything running smooth in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you, wherever you are, once again, be sure that your Valentine's Day is a safe one. Stay away from that camera. You want to stay off the treadmill. That's Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective. We'll be back here, same bat time, same bat channel next week. And we're gone.
Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week. 